Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast, um, which will come out tomorrow. But today we're going live on Facebook, on YouTube. So if you haven't uh, followed my Facebook page, Katie Papo, or our YouTube channel, which I think is also just my name, actually. You can tell I'm not the one who posts on our YouTube channel. Um, But that's where you'll find all of this stuff. So welcome. Today we have a really great topic, um, which I will introduce right now. And I will also introduce Shahar, who is with me. Uh, He is the mindset coach in our um, Achieving Food Freedom program. And he... Get your minds ready for some mindsets. (laughs) Get your minds ready. And not only that, but... Um, he really helps me to stay focused on the big picture. And that's one of the ways that we work nicely together is Shahar is always bringing it back to the big picture, whereas I can get into the little nuanced things. So um, we hope to bring you a balanced view today. So let us know if you're here. Oh, good, Katrina, you're listening. Good morning to you, my friend. I know it's early for you right now. So we're excited to see you guys um, and to introduce this topic. So today... We're, and this is important for everybody, even if you've worked with us before, because I know a lot of our, our current clients and past clients also listen to these talks. And so a lot of times we, we keep you guys in mind. Right? And this is a really important reinforcement because what we're talking about here is really the essence of everything that we do. Um, and what we do works really well. <laughs> so we want to explain the essence um, behind everything because the truth is, And this is the claim that we're making here is that it is 100% possible and doable to end the binge cycle without any food restrictions whatsoever. And I'm emphasizing the whatsoever part because I've noticed, and maybe this is just coming up more recently for me, but I've noticed that there are many programs out there and other coaches too who also promote no restrictions. Like they say, we're gonna do this in a non-restrictive way, right? But from further investigation, we have not seen many genuine deliveries on this promise. Um, and one example that I actually saw this just this past week, I think this was just a few days ago, I saw somebody um, who was promoting her, uh, it was like an anti-diet ending binge eating program And she said, there's zero food restrictions and all you have to do is eat certain foods in moderation and only at the appropriate times. (laughs) And from, you know, and we're not knocking any approach, but there's a genuine disconnect there to say zero restrictions and then to say, but you need to only eat at this times and but you have to eat certain foods in moderation. How is that no restriction? It's not. So what we wanted to go over today is um, when we say zero food restrictions, we really mean this, like it's absolutely zero. And we want to explain, first of all, why that's important and why that's actually a necessary ingredient to end binge eating permanently. Um, uh, And I don't want to say just binge eating, but also the food obsession, because granted, there are people out there who are not binging, but they're but it takes all of their focus to not binge. It takes constant obsession to not binge. So when we're talking about ending binge eating, we're not only talking about ending the behavior of binge eating, but we're also talking about ending the actual food obsession, because for me and for a lot of our clients, I'd say. 99.9% of our clients, that's actually one of the biggest problems is it's not just about the binging. It's about, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm always thinking about food. I want to be present with my family. I want to be present with my friends, but I'm just thinking about what I'm going to binge over later. or I'm counting calories from earlier in the day. So even if the binging itself seems to be under control, if your mind still feels out of control in terms of the, the obsessive food thoughts, then the disordered eating still exists. It's just being 
like repressed in a way where you're not binging. So what we're talking about here is not only ending the binge eating, but ending the food obsession that goes along with it. And the best way that we've found to do that, one of the main necessary ingredients is first and foremost to remove all restrictions. And we're going to explain why. And before I get into explaining why, is there anything you wanted to add, Shahar, before we jump in there? Yeah, um, everything you said beautifully. I want to add a little bit so people understand why also uh, the restriction, what, what is it that is so attractive and why, why everyone goes to. Uh, I can talk a little about that now, Katie, or if you prefer I wait. Yeah, I think it's important because we need to also understand, because for most people who are listening, if you're listening right now, and this is a topic that interests you, I'm assuming, right, you have gone through many periods of restrictions, whether it was diets or setting certain food rules for yourself or stepping on the scale three times a day. Restrictions can look different in different people's minds. It might not be a formal diet. It might just be rules that you've told yourself or a program that you're specifically following. But it's important, I agree, Shahar, to explain why that restriction path can can feel attractive. Right. So the restriction, and this is kind of a callback to a past episode, me and Katie, we did, we did was why did diets are so enticing like what 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 is it about the restriction that is so uh, that kind of draws you into them because it promises us something and i want to go a little back before that what do we actually want everybody who's listening to us we all want freedom we want to have peace around food we're looking for that sense of freedom right what that's why binge eating binge eating is a representation of freedom right there's a there's this constant thinking, this constant stress and anxiety around food, thinking about food, thinking about food, just like Katie mentioned. And then it you go numb, the, the body has enough, goes numb and says, now just binge. This is a cry for freedom. So everything we are doing, we're looking for freedom. So the diets represents control. So we associate that control with freedom. If I'm, I'm hoping I'm not too confused. Control with, no, you misspoke. We associate control with diets and we associate binge eating with freedom. Right, right, right. My point was that the diets, we associate them with a control energy, right? We, this is, we restrict ourselves. All we need to do is have this list of food in my fridge and then I don't need to think about food anymore. I just need to lock these things, not have this food in my house, and then I don't need to think about it. I have full control over myself and my surroundings. But as you go through it, you understand it's not true, right? You have a life. You go out. You see people. Food is everywhere. It's every aspect of our life. So that that illusion starts breaking very quickly. And then you see it's not real control. So that's what the restrictions do. Then every time we just reapply the restrictions because they give us the illusion of control, just like binging gives us the illusion of freedom. But it doesn't give us, binging doesn't give us freedom and restriction doesn't give us control. So that's how the cycle just keeps going back again and again and again, because we keep creating these illusions. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up right in the beginning, Shahar, because that's also the biggest reason I think so many people are afraid to try a no restriction approach because in, in that world, and I did this too, guys. So I want to remind you, I've lived through this. <laughs> I've definitely done my fair share of dieting. Um, and, and it, and it's that, it's that mental association is because we, we see the diets as being the control element. And then we're afraid that if we eat whatever we want, that pings in our brain, like that goes off in our brains of, oh, that's freedom, right? But I can't be trusted with that because every time I've gone off of my diet, it's been totally out of control. So while the binge eating represents this idea of, of freedom, it also, it, there's a lot of fear around that because there's the energy of, I cannot be trusted with all of this freedom. And then of course we go back to the dieting and it, and it creates that loop again and again. And it's important to understand that loop guys, because remember binge eating does not stand on its own ever. Binge eating is a side effect of something, right? It's not the, it's not the actual core problem. It's the side effect. So it's, it's actually a side effect of the, in, within that loop, right? It's the, it's 
when we um, when we restrict ourselves over and over and over, the binge eating follows as a, as a um, as something that's triggered by so much restriction. Okay, so the binge eating and restriction, it's not like solving one and the other. It's a cycle. So when we break down one part of the cycle, the other parts start to break down too. So we not only, in order to end binge eating, we not only need to, we, we actually need to focus on ending the thing that's causing the binge eating, right? So we actually need, in order to do this properly and fully, we need to end the restriction element, right? So the first step, right, to really heal binge eating at, at its root is to end the restriction pattern. Okay. Seems counterintuitive, but stick with us because we see this working every single day for people who never in a million years thought it would work for them. So, um, so let me just take a look at my notes for a second. Okay. So when we say zero food restrictions, we really mean this. And, but at the same time, we acknowledge that fear of yeah, but if I if I eat whatever I want, I'm gonna just lose control. It's gonna feel like it's never gonna work. So we're gonna acknowledge that that exists and show you what needs to happen along with the no restrictions for this to work for you. So the first thing is to acknowledge what zero food restrictions actually means because chances are, oh, hey, Dina, happy to see you here. Happy to see you, Nancy. I'm seeing people join but I won't interrupt myself too much because I <laughs> I get excited. Um, so, so what's important to understand is that when it comes to the, um, the removing of the restrictions, we need to first understand like what that actually means, no restrictions. And because there are many programs and coaches and, you know, if you guys have, you know, most of the people who we talk to have, have gone through a lot of these. So they'll, they'll invest in a program that says, hey, there's no restrictions. You can eat whatever you want. But then when you actually get into that program or work with that person, you'll find that there are actually hidden restrictions. Oh, yeah, you can eat whatever you want, but you need to make sure you have 30 grams of protein at breakfast. You need to make sure you have a low-carb lunch, but you can eat anything you want. It just needs to be within these certain parameters, right? Now, that kind of uh, protocol is not truly no restrictions. It's not. So as long as there are restrictions, there will be binges that follow. And we've seen that because we've seen people, um, especially our clients, because our clients are people who have been struggling with this for a while and they've tried many things in the past. So we found that for them, they might have gone for a program that had that claimed to have no restrictions and then they would follow it. Right. And it would seem to work in the beginning, just like a diet does. But then they would find themselves rebelling against some of those hidden rules that came that that showed themselves later, like whether it's don't eat after 7 p.m. or don't eat more than this number of carbs or don't eat food with refined sugar. Right. There's all these like rules. And then we find ourselves rebelling from the rules and then back to binging. And then the, the loop continues. So when we say zero restrictions, guys, and this is really important, we actually mean zero restrictions. So here's what that looks like. And then I'm going to explain how you can uh, integrate this into your life without feeling out of control. So the first thing of what we mean by zero restrictions is every food is allowed. Okay. Even trigger foods. There is no meal plan. There's no food rules of what you can or can't eat or should or shouldn't eat. Um, the other thing, so not only does it not only can you eat any food you want, but you can also eat any quantity you want. So in other words, you do not try to restrict your portions or make rules around portion sizes or try to control or manipulate or count or weigh how much you eat. Um, and I'll tell you what we do instead in a second. But then the third piece of no restriction is you don't you also don't set rules for yourself of what's considered to be an appropriate time, right? A lot of people say, oh, just eat whatever you want, but within this window, like intermittent fasting. So instead, well, I won't say instead yet. I'm just gonna, I'll get to that in a second. So there's also no rules about what you can eat or what's an appropriate time to eat, okay? So we recognize that very few people teach this. So what we wanna do is make it really clear of what you're doing instead, 
Because if you've only been dieting or restricting in some way, this is going to sound foreign to you. So I'm going to explain what we do instead of having you set these rules for yourself on what types of foods and what portion sizes and what time to eat. Okay. So, and this is very critical to understand. So what we do instead, given that we have this premise of zero restrictions, if we can't focus on what you're eating, how much you're eating, what time of day, if none of that matters anymore, what do we focus on? Okay, that's the question. And this is where we start to build the food freedom. Because if we really wanna end binge eating, right, and we're not doing it in a restrictive way, right, what's left? <laughs> what's left is we have to ask ourselves the question of, okay, okay, what do I want my vision on the other side to look like? That's where we start. We start with the vision, okay? If I'm free, and I don't have to put rules on myself anymore. What do I want this to look like on the other side? Okay. And what we know we've wanted it. Well, I wanted it to look like for myself and what our clients want is I just want to be a normal eater. What does that mean to be a normal eater? I want to just enjoy my food without having to think about it all the time. I want to just enjoy food while I'm eating it, but really I could take it or leave it. And if I have a piece of cake or whatever my old trigger food is, if I have some of that, I can just enjoy it, have whatever I want of it, but then let it go and not have to think about it anymore, right? So if this is what you want, I'm about to explain the process of how to create that without any food restrictions whatsoever. Does that sound like a plan? Anything you wanna add, Shahar, before I dive into that? Yeah, just a little something quick because I know everybody is uh, screaming because they want to hear the rest of the the next part. Because because <laughs> what do you mean without restriction? That's insanity. The point is, uh, what's also important to remember about restrictions themselves is they actually cause the binge, right? They are the, the restrictions themselves. And remember, when we're saying restriction, is not saying it's not about specifically the food. It's not technically about the food or not. All right. The restriction is it's in the mind. Okay. The restriction is I am not allowed. So I'm going to rebel against myself. And it's the cycle of mistrust, right? I don't trust myself around chocolate. And then I rebel against myself, eat the chocolate. And then I don't trust myself because I ate the chocolate. I proved myself I can't be trusted. So I restrict myself against the chocolate. So I rebel, rebel against myself from the chocolate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those restrictions, and it's a mindset restriction, that's what causes the binge in that cycle. That's why it's necessary to be at peace without restrictions that you can live your life with food freedom and peace around food. And Katie, and um, you're going to dive right into that. Yeah. And Shahar, you you actually reminded me of one distinction I wanted to mention because there are coaches out there, and I want to I want to separate ourselves because we don't do this, um, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's not our approach at all. But there are coaches out there who will insist, or I even heard of therapists doing this, who will say who who agree with the idea of no restrictions, but they don't have yet the the understanding of that restriction is mental that it's not actually like how you just said, Shahar, it's not actually about the food. It's about the mentality we're in when we're eating or when we're thinking about food. So so we there are some approaches out there, maybe used by coaches or therapists, who will say there's no restrictions and we're going to have you specifically eat all of your trigger foods now. And we're going to like make you eat them every day, right? Um, and I've also heard of this happening in like some eating disorder treatment programs. So, um, so this is not our approach either, where we say, oh, there's no restriction. So now you have to eat all of your trigger foods and you have to eat all of these because that's also restriction in a way because it, you're still, you're being forced to eat those foods. You have to, right? It's not a choice. And food freedom is all about your own independence and your own choice. So you're not eating trigger foods because you have to, right? You're, we want you to be able to eat whatever amount you want of that food so you're satisfied and then you let it go. Or if you don't want it, you don't have to eat it, right? It's about choice and independence, not about the food itself. So like Shahar said, this is, this is mental. This is the mental piece, 
right? And that's why we, in our program, we have the strategy element and we have the mindset element because you need both. It's not enough to do the techniques without the proper mindset. It's not enough to have the mindset without having techniques to support it. So, so this is the idea. Now let's go through the actual process itself. So the first practice that's important to understand, and, and if this is all you remember, this is gonna be an important thing to know, is when you're building food freedom to become this normal eater, right? And you're doing this in a non-restrictive way, right? And that makes sense, right? Because normal eaters, right? They're not restricting. They're not eating dessert because they're saying, oh, well, I have this many calories left, so I'm going to eat dessert. They're like, hmm, do I want dessert? Ah, I'm in the mood. Yeah, I'll have a few bites. Yum, 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 yum. Ah, I'm good, right? That's how like it looks. Um, so, so there's no actual restriction there. So how do, how do they stop themselves then? <laughs> how do they stop themselves? If there's no restriction, how do they stop eating the dessert? And why is it that they feel so satisfied when they do? Whereas for someone who's binge eating, it's like, well, it's never enough. I always want more. So how do we get to that place? Here's how, guys. So here's the process. So the first thing you need to know is it's no longer about focusing on how much you eat or uh, what kind of food you eat or uh, what time of day you eat. It's not about those things. Instead, it's about how you eat. Okay, so let's look at normal eaters for a second. Normal eaters, when they're, when they're faced with food, right, there's no tension. There's no contraction. There's no panic. There's no chaoticness. There's no freneticness. I, am I making up words? Probably. But you get the energy that I'm talking about. So instead, it's relaxation. They're just as relaxed around uh, cake as they are around salad, right? Totally relaxed. And this, so this is the first practice. It's about how are, what's, your, um, what's your reaction to food? What's your mental reaction? What's your physical reaction? Mental and physical reactions are often, they're the same, right? So if we feel restricted, maybe the body will tense. If we feel relaxed, the body is also relaxed, right? So they go together. So the first step is how are you while you're eating? Are you super tense? Are you not breathing at all? Are you making like chaotic shoveling motions, right? As opposed to a normal eater who might eat that same dessert, but lean back in their chair, take breaks, enjoy conversations while they're eating. They might be smiling. They might be putting their fork down between their bites. They might be breathing, right? Like breathing more deeply than like a chaotic holding your breath, shoveling food in situation. So the first thing to look at is how are you? So now, so notice guys that the focus is shifting here. The focus is shifting from the food to you. And that's the first step. It's not about how much food or what's the food or, or what's the right quantity. It's first about how are you right now? What's your state right now? What's your physical state? What's your mental state? And the first step is getting your physical and mental, and mental state to match that of a normal eater. Okay? And we can do this. We can train the body and we can train our muscle memory to do this. And this is what we do with our clients. We help people train their muscle memory around this and train the thoughts. Because we all have our thought loops and we can train new thought loops whenever we want. It's just a matter of knowing how to do it or what thought loops we want to create. Same with muscle memory. We all have our standard ways that we carry ourselves that we're not even aware of. But if we want to create something new and we want to carry ourselves differently around food, we can actually train that into our muscle memory. So what does this look like is if you were to imagine a normal eater, let's say you're sitting across the table at a restaurant eating dessert from a normal eater, they're going to enjoy their food. They're not going to be paying attention to, whoa, how many bites is too many? Should I or shouldn't I order the dessert? What if it triggers a binge? There's none of that. It's just like, hmm, what, what would I like to have right now? <laughs> so the first thing is their, is their mental state around it and their physical reaction to it. Very relaxed, very peaceful, nice breathing, rela relaxed body language. So the first thing is to control your how. How am I carrying myself physically and mentally around food? That's number one. That's the first piece. And once you can slow down your reaction enough and you come out of that like panic and autopilot, 
then things start, once you slow down yourself, you can start to see things more clearly, right? Think about it, it works anyway. Like if you're super rushed, you're not gonna notice little things. You're just gonna be like rushing in your world and everything's gonna feel chaotic. But when you start to slow down, you can start to observe things, right? You start to notice, oh, hey, I didn't notice that tree over there, or hey, I didn't notice that my neighbor looks like that, <laughs> right? We just start to notice things around us. And one of the things that happens when we start to employ that with eating is we and we and we take the focus away from the food and instead we place the focus on ourselves is we start to also notice physical feelings such as hunger signals such as fullness signals we start to notice when the food doesn't taste good anymore we start to notice when eating doesn't feel good anymore and the more we slow down, the more we're gonna be able to notice those things. So one of the things that, that normal eaters rely on, that dieting basically trains out of people, is to pay attention to hunger and fullness and just body signals in general. In fact, not only do diet, do, does dieting not teach this, but they teach the opposite of this. They teach you, don't trust your own signals, you should be eating this exact quantity at this time of day, whether, and, and it's not even a question. No one even asks if you're hungry or not. No one asks if that food feels good for you, right? That's dieting. But when you wanna shift from the diet mentality to a peaceful, normal, effortless, I should say, eating mentality, then we need to start paying attention more to how we physically feel. So you start to pay attention to, how does my abdomen feel right now as I'm eating this? Is the taste changing the more I eat this food? We've, we have, um, we've noticed that with our clients, cause we do like experiments with trigger foods to help our clients like move through this process and, and, and internalize this process for themselves. So it's not just theory, it's, it, it's built into practice. And what we found is, and we see this, my gosh, we see this with like every person, that these trigger foods that they've built up so much in their mind, when they finally eat them in this new way. So it's the same food, right? It's the same exact food, but all they're changing is the way that they're reacting themselves or carrying themselves. Instead of focusing on the food, they focus on themselves. And when they do that, and when they focus on how they feel and what the food really tastes like and feels like in their mouth and how it really feels and tastes in the, when it reaches the stomach, when they focus on that, a lot of times they find, wow, I don't like this food as much as I thought I liked it. I was expecting, usually I eat like 10 of these and today I couldn't even eat two because I just didn't want it. It's like a mind blowing experience that we see happen all the time. And the cool part about that guys is, and notice, is that they didn't stop eating the trigger food because they told themselves they should, or because they, that there was a, they needed to stay within a certain calorie requirement. That was not the motivation to stop. The motivation for them to stop is because it just doesn't feel good anymore. And this is how normal, and I, again, I say this a lot, I don't love the word normal, but because I know that people use it, I use it to sound the same. <laughs> but what normal or effortless or peaceful eaters do is when they stop eating, it's not because they're telling themselves, you should stop, or this is bad, or that's too much. Instead, they stop because they just, it doesn't feel good, so they don't want it anymore because they don't want to make themselves feel bad. And that's the thing about the, the, we all want this, right? We all want to feel good. And that's part of the reason why we binge is because the dieting feels like crap. Because even if we're not, even if we're physically feeling okay, we're mentally suffering. And we want some kind of mental satisfaction from a food we freaking like. Right. So when we when we binge, it's it's kind of like we're giving that to ourselves. But at the same time, we're not listening to the body either. And that's why the binge eating, even though it can feel like, oh, I want this because I want this freedom. When the binge eating feels out of control, too, then that's also pain. And that's why we want to end it. Right. Because if it was real freedom, we would stick with it. 
But we know that it's not real freedom. We know that's just another type of prison. Just the dieting is one type of prison. The binge eating is another type of prison. So the idea isn't to try to successfully live in one type of prison. The idea is to leave the prison, period. And that's what the effortless normal eating is that we're talking about, because then you're focused on your body. So then it's no longer about the amount of food or what food it is. It's about, hey, does this feel good for me? And the more you can slow yourself down and use those body cues, which by the way, that's trainable. If you have, if you've lost your body signals, you can get those back. We see people getting those back in like a week or two or three tops. My God, does not take long. And it just comes with practice. So, so, so once you have that and you can start using that instead of relying on rules and restriction, then not only are you no longer triggering binges as much because you're not restricting anymore, you don't have those big restrictions. You might have little hidden restrictions, but you don't have the big ones anymore at least. So what happens is the binges are already less, but then when you're eating your food, you're actually enjoying it <laughs> again. You're actually enjoying food and being satisfied by it. And when you're satisfied by something, you don't need more. Does that make sense? The reason we keep binging is because we're never freaking satisfied because we're not actually there while we're eating. We're just shoveling it in. But while we're doing that, we're also stressed out or numbed out. And that's not satisfying. Satisfaction is not the same thing as numbing, right? So the more satisfied we actually feel, the less we're gonna binge because we already have what we need. So the idea is not to deprive ourselves. And I hear this a lot, Shahar, you've heard this a lot too, where people will say, if only I could just treat food as fuel and not pleasure, then I would never binge again. The opposite is true, guys. The exact opposite is true. The reason you keep binging is because you keep trying to treat food like fuel. <laughs> so you're depriving yourself of all of the natural pleasure that comes from eating. Eating is a joy of life. The more you deprive yourself of one of the basic biological joys of life, the more you're going to need that. And the more you're going to go to binging to try to give yourself, to try to compensate for what you're depriving yourself from. But the more you actually give yourself and allow yourself true pleasure from food. Now, let me just clarify one thing. True pleasure from food does not necessarily mean I'm going to go out and get every food that I've ever deprived myself of and just eat it in one go and try to get as much pleasure as possible because that's not necessarily pleasurable. You're going you're gonna to know whether it's pleasurable because you're tuning in and feeling it, not because you're telling yourself that it, quote unquote, should be pleasurable, right? When you allow yourself to eat something and you experience the pleasure of it and you're present with it and you notice when you're satisfied, that's when the urge to, to eat more stops because you're satisfied. If you're just treating food like fuel and you're ignoring the whole pleasure aspect, you will not be satisfied and you will want to keep eating because your mind is still craving the satisfaction. Your body might also still be craving the satisfaction. Does that make sense? So to kind of summarize here, if you wanna shift from the binge restrict cycle to food freedom where you can truly eat as a quote unquote normal eater, you're shifting your attention from the what to the how, okay? You're shifting from, okay, the old way used to be, well, here's what I should eat or what I shouldn't. Here's what portion size I should have or what I shouldn't have. And here's what time of day I should or shouldn't eat, right? That's the what, that's the old way. The new way, you're focusing more on the how. How do I feel right now? How does it taste? How? does my abdomen feel? How much pleasure am I really getting from this? How satisfied do I feel? How relaxed am I while I'm eating this? Does that make sense, guys? So you're no longer focusing on the food, but it, that doesn't mean you're just taking away the rules and it's a free-for-all. You do need to focus on something else. And that something else is you. This is not about the food. It's about you. If it was truly about the food, then whatever your trigger foods are, everyone would experience them as trigger foods. If they were actually triggering, right? 
if the if the foods themselves had any power, we would all have problems with those foods, right? The common denominator here is you. So it's not about trying to control the food. It's about focusing on yourself and what's going on within you, your physical reaction, your thought patterns, your um, you, how you carry yourself, how you eat, how you give yourself pleasure and satisfaction. The more satisfied you feel, the more peaceful you feel, the more you listen to the body, the more you're going to become aligned with the mentality or personality of a normal, peaceful eater. Does that make sense? And when you're a normal, peaceful eater, guess what? You don't need to worry about weighing yourself anymore. You don't need to worry about food rules. You don't need to worry about dieting because the body's going to tell you when it's enough and that's something you can trust. And it's something that you can trust far more than any diet because your body is more intelligent than you are. <laughs> it is. It is more intelligent. It does so many things without even your knowledge. So we can trust that when the body feels safe and in its happy equilibrium, right, and it knows that there's no restriction coming, it can release fat as it needs to, it can release extra weight as it needs to, because why does the body hold on to those things in the first place? Because it's afraid to starve. And the more you restrict, the more you reinforce that starvation mentality. And then the body's like, oh, well, I don't want to starve, so I better hold on to fat. That's why normal eaters don't seem to struggle with weight as much as people who diet, whereas people who diet over and over tend to struggle with weight a lot. Right? Does that make sense, guys? You want to add anything, Shahar? Because that was definitely a monologue from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That was a beautiful monologue. And you touched on so many points and fantastic points as usual. And I want to reinforce, like you said, that we are not, this is not an argument for indulgence, the opposite. Like Katie said, you don't want to put yourself in the prison where you're just, just, you know, over rebel, right? Because rebellion doesn't actually always, that does not mean you're making the choices for yourself. Okay, just because you're rebelling, that doesn't mean you're free, right? There's a difference between the two. Now, everything we're talking about here comes from a place of empowerment, and when you are able to trust yourself, and again, this is for everyone who is listening and kind of like, uh, I can hear the question in the back of their heads of, yeah, but what if I want to be healthy? What if I do want to lose weight? What if I, what, I don't want to just eat pizza all the time, even though I w like pizza, it's not something I want part of my diet. So this is something that is very important to understand. The restriction doesn't actually stop you from eating the pizza, because if it did, you wouldn't be binging pizza. Right. So, so the point is, if you're going to eat healthy, if you're going to eat in a way that serves you and serves your body in the highest interest, highest your interest, not somebody else's, but yours, it has to come from a place of empowerment. It has to come from a place of choice, right? Because if it's not your choice, this is the problem with the diets. We try to manufacture a healthy lifestyle when our mind is not healthy. Right. It's 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 it doesn't work together. It collapses immediately. It's like trying to build a house without a proper foundation. It can be tall and beautiful, but it will collapse as soon as there's some a little bit of weight on it. So we try to manufacture a healthy lifestyle, but we don't have the trust. We don't. It's not our choice. It's not from a place of empowerment. It's not from a place of peace. It's from a place of scarcity, stress, fear, anxiety. And, and emotional trauma, past trauma, all these things cannot hold down that, that life. So it collapses immediately. Now, everything we are doing is teaching you how, how to empower yourself, to give you the tools to show you that you are free, you are strong, you are not defined by the food, you are not defined by whether you ate, I was good today because I ate this or I'm bad today because I ate this. Right, you are not defined by that. You are defined by yourself, and that, and for that, you need trust. And to build trust, you need to be able to communicate yourself with yourself and your body, like Katie mentioned, in a productive way. Because, like Katie said, your body talks to you all the time. Right, it just doesn't speak English. Right, you need to listen to it in a different way, and it constantly sends to you messages of "I'm hungry," "I like this food," "This I didn't like," "This I did like," "This is." serves me this doesn't your body tells that to you all the time it's about listening to it and that communication need to be productive 
And you need to learn at the same time how to communicate, right? So that's the cycle, communication, productive communication, build the trust, and then comes the freedom. You release of the old and then comes the freedom. So this is, this is the key understanding. We are talking about empowerment. The diet mentality is about disempowerment. It's about making yourself lesser. And that's it. That was that was my uh, shtick. <laughs> a great shtick. <laughs> um, and I did want to bring up one little additional piece that Nancy just reminded me of in the comments because um, uh, Nancy has been coming to our talks these last few weeks and shared. You know, I'm trying not to use the scale right now because it brings up that restriction mentality, and I wanted to share. Um, just how that works or why the scale would be problematic in this case. And we have other talks specifically about the scale. If you're interested in that, you can just scroll through some old videos or podcast episodes. Um, but where the, where the restriction part comes in in the scale, and we saw this actually with a client this week, which I'll share her story without her name. Um, but why can weighing ourselves be problematic or reinforce that restriction mentality is because again, we're focused on the side effect rather than the real issue. Like how Shahar said, you can get your weight down, right? But it's not going to stay there if you don't have the mindset foundation, it's all just going to crumble. So the weight actually should come um, as a side effect of what you're doing. Right. So um, and we found with with uh, somebody who's currently working with us, one of our clients now, she noticed something really interesting in the last few days. So she obviously stopped weighing herself. That's part of what we what we do um, because there's just no need for it anymore. And the reason why we say that is because the scale is associated. It's not that this, there's a problem with a scale in itself. Right. The scale, just like food, it's a neutral object. The trigger, yes, it, it's a, it triggers something when you see it, but it's not because of the scale. It's because of the mind, just like the food. It's not that there's something actually triggering about the food. It's our association that we make in the mind around that food, right? So the scale is the same thing. It's a neutral object, but because we have attached meaning behind it, right? Especially strong meaning, if you've done a lot of diets in the past, then that can be triggering, right? So if you've done lots of diets in the past where you always had to weigh yourself and like there was a lot of emotional charge around the scale, then what happens is when you step on the scale, your brain automatically associate, associates it with dieting. And what do we associate dieting with? Restriction, right? So the mind actually goes into restriction mode as soon as you step on the scale, which is why if you've ever noticed yourself, whether you have a good or quote unquote good or bad day on the scale, you might binge either way, right? Because if you did good, like, oh, well, that's great. Now I have some wiggle room. Now I can eat what I want and reward myself. Or if it's a bad day on the scale, it's like, ah, well, screw it. I might as well just eat what I want because who cares? Nothing's working anyway, right? So either way, there's not necessarily a positive outcome. But the reason why the restriction comes up is important to understand because you associate the mind, the brain associates the scale with the restriction. And the, as soon as we feel that energy of restriction, we want the freedom and we associate binging with the freedom or overeating with the freedom. So what was interesting, what happened with one of our clients this past week is she hadn't been weighing herself and she was noticing herself instead of focusing on that she was listening to how her body felt she was noticing even without trying she was eating less because she was just paying attention to when she was satisfied and how her body really felt so it was all of this really great stuff and then one day she stepped on the scale and she noticed immediately the energy of restriction popped up and then she found herself mindlessly eating after that but what was beautiful is that that wasn't the end that instead of it triggering this whole big loop of a giant binge and then restriction again and the whole process again, instead, she just caught it and said, oh, my God, as soon as I did that, it brought up the restriction and she just brought herself right back. She said, OK, well, forget it. I'm not looking at the scale anymore. Instead, I'm just going to focus on what really matters, which is how I feel 
and I feel better and I feel good right now. So, um, so that's the, but she noticed she got to see firsthand how as soon as, even though she's building the abundance mentality, she stepped on the scale and it brought up the restriction, which reinforced binges, like the binge mentality. So it goes to show that again, it's not about the object. It's about the mind. It's always about the mind. And the more we can learn to relax ourselves so we can operate from a clear, calm mind, the better you're going to be able to navigate this entire freedom process because normal eaters don't have that stress around food. So it's important to eliminate the stress around food, which you, you can do. There are ways to train yourself in this that we talk about all the time. So, um, so it's important to understand like where the restriction comes from, why it causes the binges, and why if you really want permanent food freedom where you don't have to try to control yourself in this like restrictive willpower type way, and instead you just wanna be peaceful around food, this is the way to do it. Because this is the way that not only ends binge eating, but it also ends food obsession too. Whereas restriction ways might end binge eating to a degree, it does not end the obsession. It just doesn't. In fact, you have to become even more obsessed. So, so this is the idea is it's not about, remember, it's not about the what, it's not about what you're eating or how, or the, what portion size you're eating or what time of day you're eating. Instead, it's about the how, how am I feeling right now? How's my mental state? How's my physical state? How's my abdomen feeling? How much am I really enjoying this food? How much pleasure am I really getting out of this? How satisfied do I feel in this moment? Does that make sense, guys? That's the type of thinking that needs to start happening to make that shift from the food prison to the food freedom without any restrictions at all. Because it's not about the food, it's about you. And what's beautiful is that you can control you in a peaceful way because the brain is malleable, the brain is plastic, right? And we can rewire it whatever way we want. And just like how you wired yourself into a pattern of binge eating, you can also wire yourself out of it. And all it takes is the proper strategy, mindset, and repetition. And the repetition's key. So, um, so this is what we wanted to talk about today is to show you how this is actually possible. And you can start doing this right now. Just by building your own awareness and just slowing yourself down as you're eating and just observing and asking yourself those questions instead of, oh, is this food good or bad? Instead, ask yourself, how do I feel right now? What would I like to eat right now? How does this feel in my abdomen? How satisfied do I really feel? Right? Start asking yourself different questions than you've been asking yourself in the past. Okay, because that's how this starts to shift, because you need the mindset in order to have the foundation, like Shahar beautifully said. And this is one of the reasons, you know, because you can start this now, but this is one of the reasons why people work with us. This is why we have a program, is because you might be in a situation where this makes sense intellectually, but because you might have been dieting or restricting for so long, it's hard to shift yourself into any other state. That's where the deeper guidance comes in handy. When you feel like, oh, well, I actually need to be given a structure and a protocol to be able to practice this. That's what we do, right? So we can give you all the information, but if you need the help and you really want deeper personalized guidance from us, we have an option for that too. So if you wanted to learn more about that, you could go to katiepapo.com program. And that's where we actually guide you step-by-step step, where we give you these very specific practices to do with food where you're instead focusing on the food, you're focusing on you and you're getting to have these your own insights and your own experiences and you're building up this new identity as a normal eater. And as you do that, the old identity of the dieter and the binger starts to fall away and it happens a whole lot quicker than you might think. These patterns, when you do them properly, you're going to, um, I mean, you're gonna see changes in one meal. We see that all the time. People usually, as soon as we give the practices and people really start placing their focus on the things that I just mentioned, you're gonna see changes in one meal. It's not gonna take long. And then once you feel those changes and you understand like, oh, here's what I'm focused on. Here's what I need to refocus to. Here's what I need to do. Then all it takes is repetition. 
you don't have to learn anything new. That's one of the reasons, you know, people think sometimes because we have a 10 week, our, pro, our private immersion program is 10 weeks long. Some people are like, well, I'm not going to be able to change this in 10 weeks. It's not about that. <laughs> it's not about that. You're going to notice these changes now, like right now, as soon as you start eating and you start applying this, you will notice these changes already. And once you understand what to do, you don't need to worry about you have your tools. Then it's just a matter of repeating it enough that it becomes autopilot in your mind. It's just rep, it's just a repetition game. It's like if you learn a new dance, like in the beginning, you have to learn like, okay, right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg. And you have to, you know, it takes effort. But eventually you practice right, left, right, left, and then suddenly your body's just doing it and you're not even actively noticing. You're just, you're the, it's automatic. That's exactly what happens with this, is then in the beginning, you're, you're actually noticing these changes and you're hyper aware of these changes in your mental state and your body. But then as you keep going, this is just who you are. And then you're one of those people at the restaurants who's like, eh, I'll have a few bites. Yeah, I'm good. I could take it or leave it. And then suddenly that's you. And you're like, what the heck just happened? That was amazing. And we see this all the time. So, um, so yeah, so if you guys are interested in working with us privately, we do have a very private immersion experience, um, which is, you know, we take a few people at a time because it is immersive. Um, and if you're interested in that, go to katiepapo.com slash program and read more about it. We give a lot of information about it. So that way you can genuinely decide if it's right for you. And if it is, just reach out and we'll make sure it's a fit. So um, we're going to see you guys next week. We'll be back next Thursday, same time, same place. And um, then this will be updated. Um, this uh, talk will also be uploaded, uploaded to our podcast as well. So we hope to see you there too. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Shahar, for being here, for lending your insights and for helping me back. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And just remember, practice makes permanent and empower yourself with food freedom. That's my final statement. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that one. Thanks, guys. See you soon.